Play it, play it, play it, play it. We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks. Much better. <laughs> I thought that came from your computer. <laughs> Have you watched um, RuPaul's Drag Race UK? I watched one episode, and I will say in all fairness, I was drunk. Mm-hmm. No part of me, even sober, feels the need to A, rewatch it, or B, continue watching it. Really? I thought it was so bad. It, it To me, in my opinion, it felt like this was the very first episode of Drag Race ever. Yeah. Like, it has never existed before this version. Like, I just don't get it. Sure. And it's not even, like, a British humor thing. It's just, like, I don't know. Well, I'm, not, I, I'm gonna keep it to myself because I've never been dressed as a drag queen. I can't watch it because I've been like you trying to get it on YouTube, so I'm like missing so much of it. But what I've seen, I've actually really enjoyed. I oh, thought it was okay. funny. Well, maybe it gets better after the <laughs> first episode. Well, anyways, hey Brian, or hey Brian. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Brian. I'm Shane, and you're listening to Fruit Snacks. <laughs> going on for you this week my friend what has been going on for me uh i've been flying a lot i was off four days last week and it was the first time that i was like i'm just gonna sit in the city yeah and not fly because i had taken two vacations on my days off like in the weeks prior to last week and it was great to, like, explore and travel, but I was just so fucking exhausted because then once I come home from traveling for vacation, I travel for work, and it, yeah. it just, like, wasn't Non-stop, stopping. Non-stop, yeah. Um, I spent half the time drunk, and I haven't done that in a very long time. And I wasn't ever, like, belligerent, but I just, like, I went out. I made a point of going out every night and, like, seeing people mm-hmm. and grabbing drinks or staying in and drinking and... It was, like, such a great time, and I'm still exhausted because then I was going to bed at, like, 4 a.m. every morning. Yeah. Um, and then I jumped into, like, a six-day work day. Or did, six six-day work week. Where did you go? Um, uh, I've been to Vegas twice in a week, <laughs> um, which is fun. Also, randomly, like, this is, like, gifts from the universe kind of stuff. Uh-huh. So, at one point when I was drunk last week, I saw that this kid who I met two and a half years ago, or two years ago, on Bernard's cruise ship when I went to go visit him in the Mediterranean. Uh This kid lives in New Zealand, or Australia, one of the two. He's in Vegas on vacation, and while I was drunk last week, I saw his Instagram story. And I was like, oh my god, how long are you in Vegas? Because I knew I was going to be there Saturday. And he was like, I'm here till Sunday or Monday. And I was like, oh my God, I get in Saturday. We should hang out. He's like, oh my God, yeah, message me, blah, blah, blah. Both of us forgot because it was, we were both wasted and, you know, out. And um, I, when I got to my layover, I went to the gym and then I was like, I'm just getting food. I'm coming back and I'm sleeping because our rooms are super nice. So I'm like, I honestly just want to be in my room. As I'm walking back from getting food, I'm walking up this tiny staircase in the middle of two escalators and he's coming down the same staircase. And he was like so surprised and I was like, oh my God, I completely forgot, like I messaged you, blah, blah, blah. He's like, wait, you did? And I was like, yeah, we talked about meeting up tonight. And he's like, 
wait, where? And I was like on Instagram, <laughs> you know, whatever. But like the chances of us two being on the same staircase at the same time. In a city where in like. In a city where like, it is all on one strip, but there's so many other places that we could have been in you that could moment. Got, you could get lost in so many little nooks, crannies, yeah. like stores, yeah. rooms, la-di-da. Um, yeah. So that was kind of cool. We yeah. ended up not hanging out because I knocked out that night. Um, but it was cool just to see him, yeah. you know, and like run in in that way. Yeah. 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 It's like a nice little like, you're in the right place. Keep going. Where yeah. were you? Uh, what do you mean? Like what escalator? Oh, uh, I was between the strip of like where the flamingo is and all that uh-huh. and going towards like Planet Hollywood. Okay. What is that next to? Wait, that's so funny that you say that. Bally's? Yeah, it's right next to Bally's. Because that's, that's the I'm not kidding. When you started talking about that, that's instantly the visual image i got in my head is you saw him at bally's yeah weird also um in case you've never been to vegas the only way to cross certain streets is to take a bridge or to take a staircase up cross a bridge over the street and then take a staircase down yeah so there's literally like four bridges at one crosswalk right you know so that's why i say it's so crazy that we were on the and we weren't even taking the escalators like uh, yeah right just wild like if you weren't there one second sooner or later you could have missed each other yeah did you fuck him? <laughs> mm. Just kidding. No. What? Um, He's wild, though. What's his name? Will. Hey, Will. Hey, Will. Find me in LA. Hello. He has this really deep voice, kind of sexy. Mm. But anyways. Um. So I stopped going to therapy. Completely now? Not completely, but okay. we weaned off the tit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to eat solid foods now. So, Good for you. Um, my mommy therapist said I only need to come back once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually was like, do you feel like you need to be here? And I was like, you know what? I was actually going to like talk to you about that. Because um, I feel like the stuff that I was like stressed about before, not that I ever got resolved, but I just have a better mental outlook on it. And um, she's like, I don't want to like talk you into not coming because if you feel like you need to be here that's fine i'm here and i'm like girl you just want my money but (laughs) well that's i was just gonna say i feel like if she's not encouraging you but thinking of asking you whether you think you should be there or not means that she feels really confident in where you're at because she's not making money if you're not coming well that's what she said though was that she felt confident that everything we talked through we kind of worked through and that um, everything that I would have with going forward is what I need to like help facilitate mm. a healthy life, um, which I agreed. But I was just like, I don't know if I want to cut you off completely. And she's like, yeah. obviously, this is not the end all be all. Like if something comes up later in life, she's like, yeah. clearly, we have the connection. You're addicted. Um, but I don't know. I I because we went I, I used to go every week and then I went down to every other week. And mm-hmm. I told her, I was like, you know, it's funny that you say that because I was like really introspective um, cause I, every time I go to therapy, I think of what I want to talk about. So I'm like very aware and mindful of what's going on in my week. Yeah. And I couldn't think of anything that I really wanted to talk to that felt like important, but things naturally come out as is in therapy. Yeah. But then, um, I told her, I was like, yeah, I feel like in two weeks I don't have anything to really bring up. We're like talk circling around the same things, but yeah. not as problems, just like things that I'm currently trying to figure out. Therapy sounds a lot like this podcast. Honestly, though. (laughs) And so, um, and I told her that. I was like, which actually brings into the podcast ties in, but let me get there. So long story short, I have one more appointment in November to see if, like, we're good. Mm. And I think we are because that's that's coming up really quickly. And I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck to talk about. Um, But I loaded on my Instagram story that I was going to go back to school to get another master's degree. 
Um, I was going to try to get a master's degree in communication because that was originally what I wanted to do. And through that discussion, she was just kind of like, well, why? And I was like, well, honestly, because it's free, like it would have been um, paid for pretty Mm -hmm. much, not necessarily scholarship, but something like that. And I was like, I want to take advantage of that opportunity just because like it sounds like a smart thing to do and it's free. And she's like, Brian, just know that nothing's free in life. Like, yeah, you might not be paying money for it, but Mm -hmm. know that you're paying your time, your effort and your stress. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I never thought of it that way. And she's like, so what what's the outcome for this? Like, what what would you do with it? And she's like, I was just like, I don't know, I guess like to feel more successful. And she's like, you have a master's degree now. How successful do you feel? And I was Mm -hmm. like. Oh, she's trying to come for me today. <laughs> wow. She Okay. Okay, therapist. Wow. Why you got to do me like that? I was like, you're homophobic. You're racist. I'm out. <laughs> That'd be a really good drug name. Homophobia and racist? No. Oh. Therapist. <laughs> Therapy. Welcome to the stage, therapist. Yes. And you just do like poetic readings of yes. like mindfulness. <laughs> to like Britney Spears background. Dressed as Britney Spears. Anyways. Um, so it's like, damn girl, you did me dirty. I was like, you're so right. And she's like, I don't think any job asks for a second master's degree. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and the jobs that you were considering or like saying that this master's degree could lead to, she's like, I think you could do it with the master that you have. Now. Exactly. Like the yeah. education you have now. She's like, I just think that you haven't really looked into it. And I was like, see, this is why I pay you. <laughs> Cause all of this makes sense. Yeah. And, um, we switched gears and then started talking about things that I enjoy. Cause she was like, let's talk about success. What does that look for you? Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you? And she's like, let me just pose that question, close your eyes and think about it. And all I could think about were times I was successful were based off of like things that made me feel like I was becoming myself, mm-hmm. not necessarily anything I accomplished, but the accomplishment of like doing things that wholeheartedly felt like me. Right. Yeah. So I said like one thing I was like, I felt successful when I decided to do cheerleading Mm -hmm. not because I had a passion to do cheerleading but it was like a passion to go um, against what society was telling me to do right like guys shouldn't do that my family was like saying the same thing so I was like I felt successful that I was like oddly enough like I'm just you know off the top of my head right now but like I feel like I'm being successful at being gay Mm. because like, I feel like a lot of things told me not to be. And I decided to do that. And she's like, okay, Brian, these aren't successful things. Like you're just talking about being rather than like creating. And I was like, I get what you're saying, but to me, they feel successful. Right. Yeah. And she's like, okay, well let's not think of success in like a, I'm accomplishing something or getting a job or making a certain amount of money or, you know, performing a certain task or being a certain person, but rather, let's think of things that like create success for you. Like, when do you feel like you're successful? Mm. And she's like, now sit with that thought. And I was like, okay. And I was like, for some reason, words that come to me when I feel successful is that I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm helping people and I'm expanding. And she's like writing all these words down. I didn't say them in those orders, but I was like giving examples of things that like created that. And she kind of like circled instances where like those, those words kept appearing, Mm. you know? And so she's like, okay, well, what in your life you feel like you're getting that, right? Like, what in your life do you feel like you're succeeding? Because, like, at Disney, I don't feel like I'm succeeding anymore because the growth that I would have gotten at Disney, which kept me there for so long, I've already outgrown, right? Right. And then the same with flying. Like, it was fun at a certain point, but there's no growth beyond just being Mm -hmm. a flight attendant. Like, yes, you make more, but the job itself is mundane. the same, yeah. And I was like, but, like, me volunteering at the cheer gym feels successful because these kids, like, need Mm -hmm. help. Like, um, just yesterday, or this past week, we had, like, a team bonding thing, and that was fun. But, like, 
I had to drive from Long Beach to Inglewood to East LA to pick up all these kids, oh, then to drive, drive to Orange County to like Whoa. do this team experience, right? Which yeah. it would only take me 30 minutes if I went by myself, but to get everyone up in the morning, like I had to wake up at six to get everyone there by 8.30. But like, I would never do that for another job. But to yeah. me, that didn't feel like a burden because yeah. these kids like to see them like accomplish these things and hang out and like have fun. Mm-hmm. It was like more rewarding and yeah. it felt bigger than what I was doing. So I was like that. And I was like, and then this podcast, I was like, this feels like I'm expanding myself mm-hmm. and like, I want this to grow. Because, like, this feels like something that is, like, my labor, right? Like, I am putting the energy into it. And two things with that, she was just, like, sorry if I'm talking too much, but it's just on a tangent. But um, she was, like, I think that if you were to complete another master's degree, we already know you can be successful at that. Mm -hmm. You're not the kind of person to just complete a task and feel like you accomplished something, right? Because she's, like, think about everything that you've done. You're you're successful because you know you can be and you've made it this far. She's like, I think what creates success for you is creating your own path, mm-hmm. right? Like, no one's telling me how to coach these kids. I'm just right. doing it. No one's telling me how to, like, run this podcast with you. We're just doing yeah. it. And that's what feels, like, invigorating and rejuvenating and all that stuff. And so as I was talking about the podcast, she's like, well, why does it feel expansive to you? And I was like, honestly, it was just, like, me a way and as you know and this was laying to her is like it's just a way for me and you to connect with each other but mm-hmm. then I like the stuff we talk about I'm like someone else might need to hear this because I've given the stuff that we've said on this podcast as ad- ad- as advice and a lot of times yeah. now after hearing it there's times where I talk about things and I'm like oh my god listen to this episode you might get something from it and then they do and someone's like oh my god that was like the perfect thing mm-hmm. so it's not like me trying to be like look but it's like almost our way of like writing our own story or yeah. writing a book you know yeah and um i was saying that to her and i was just like it's crazy because it's like i thought that the demographic would be us that's it mm, but yeah but then people that are like listening are like people who are in their 60s mm-hmm. you know like flight attendants who are like oh my god i listen to every episode yeah. and they like reach out to me to talk about it or like parents at the gym whose co- kids I coach and when they tell me I'm like oh my god wait this is so inappropriate <laughs> but they're like I find it so interesting and they're like I learned so much and then another girl that I was flying with like I just like I never talk about the podcast which I should more often because I really want this to be a thing but I just feel like it's bragging or like yeah. trying to like you know be that influencer thing and that's yeah. not like our style and she was like, I want to listen. So she took a listen. She's like, I listened to three episodes. She's like, you had me crying. And I was like, why? And she's like, honestly, it's crazy to me. But like, you taught me so much. Like in your coming out episode, I listened to that. She's like, I could relate in so many ways just based off of like how I am with like other situations. And like, I could be a little more gracious to people and stuff like that. Yeah. And little things like that where I felt like that wasn't the intention, mm-hmm. but the outcome still was there, you know? And so she just, my therapist was like, well, why don't you just put that energy into, like the energy you would have put into school, why don't you put that into your podcast? Hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know? Yeah. And she's like, because even you talking about school, like I just see your logical mind saying it's a good idea. Yeah. Right? It's like there's no emotion behind it. But then she's like, when you talk about your podcast, your energy completely changes. You're Mm -hmm. excited. You just keep going on and on, kind of like I am right now. Yeah. And she's like, that's your emotional mind trying to tell you, hello, I'm here, you know? And she's like, now what you need to do is take your logical mind and your emotional mind, combine the two and create that wise mind to make something where you feel successful logically, where it makes the right path, but then emotionally you're being satisfied and fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And I was like, totally. And so, um, I was like, yeah. And she's like, cause think about it. How long is it going to take you to do the, the schooling? And I was like about two years. She's like, that's two years of life. You could be, 
um, experiencing this, right? Like, that's two years of life that you could be traveling, expanding, you know, getting inspired. And I was like, oh, my God. And just her saying that felt like, wow, that's that sounds so much more of my alley, you know, like having time to really like generate what I want Mm -hmm. and going to school just would not create that. And yes, I would get something out of it. But like, I don't even cherish the first master's I got. So I would not cherish the second. And that sounds so privileged of me, which I recognize. But it's true. It's like, I don't, it's kind of like my house too. Like now that I've lived in my house for a year, I'm like, maybe I wasn't meant to own a house. I was just chasing what I thought success looked like. Yeah, I think think part of it is like, I was happy where I was, and I never felt like this was an end goal for me, but I just thought adults do this. So I'm like, now I feel like I can be an adult quicker. Mm. And it was like, for a while there, it was like cool to hear people be like, oh my God, you own a house in California at 30? And I'm like, yeah, but then it doesn't feel anything to me because it doesn't feel like that was a goal of mine. So it's like cool for them because I think that's the goal for the person who's saying that compliment. But for me, I'm just like, I don't like whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, so now 15 minutes later, that is pretty much the fruit roll up for me. (laughs) (laughs) Quick question. Yeah. Total side note. Are you still on prep? I, um, I'm on prep. Yes. I'm on prep and I'm on Prozac still. Right. (laughs) <laughs> talk of that Prozac yeah girl um, and fiber pills <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know anything about this like new version of prep um, there's a new one out right so here's the thing this is the research that I heard okay prep is made by Gilead and they have the <gasps> patent ew what like Handmaid's Tale is that a thing in Handmaid's Tale that's like where they live is Gilead like oh. that's what the US becomes is Gilead oh how funny yeah well Gilead is this company that has a patent okay. for this drug okay um and then what happens after a certain amount of years, the patent becomes public, mm-hmm. so then now people can make it, which is kind of like how you, when you go to um, CVS or right, Target, they have, the they have like the, yeah, the up yeah. and up brand, and they'll even compare it to the thing where it's yes. way less. Um, that's that's prep. I like, see. and it's kind of unfortunate because like the U.S. is pushing prep. For people who don't know, PrEP is the HIV prevention drug. If you take PrEP with not having HIV, you're 99% more likely of not contracting the virus. Um, Still, you need to have safe safe sex practices, but Mm -hmm. um, it's like a good deterrent for your health. Um, And so they have the patent for it, and because they're the only ones who make it, they can charge whatever they want. And because the government gives incentives for people to be on it, they give like rebates and stuff like that, Mm. but there's no other drug yet to like compete with it because I I guess a lot of drugs are made in India and um, that's where they'll get the quote unquote knockoff, which is not a knockoff. It's just the cheaper version because really the ingredients aren't expensive. It's just the markup. Like because people know that they, it's a need, they can charge whatever they want. I think one prep pill, um, we probably can clarify this in fruit facts, but one prep pill, I think costs like $700. Yeah, but for me to get a 90-day supply, so that's three months because it's a, it's a um, daily a pill, yeah. um, I just pay a copay of $50. Dang. But then I can, like, send in that amount for rebate, blah, blah, blah. Oh, but, um, so it's basically free. It is free, yeah. Okay. But it just, you have to go through all these hoops right. to do it. But the person who's making it is making all the money, which I guess, like, it is their hard work, so you should get paid. But I, also, it's like, where's that moral and mm-hmm. ethic you know line because yeah. realistically like you're it's like someone curing cancer but only the rich can get cured mm-hmm. like it's like for sure you know what i mean like there's yeah. that line but then also you realize it's business which is why it's like it, where does the line fall yeah. you know yeah right. um but why did you ask 
just if I've known. I've just heard like random like little things about yeah. it, but I I knew nothing. I haven't been on prep. I don't know. Much I'm surprised about you it. haven't been on prep. Previously yeah. being an HIV tester, I would have assumed that you that's something that you would want to. Yeah, I mean, I just haven't been in like an open relationship, so. Mm. But yeah. this is I haven't either. But the only reason I went on prep, honestly, is because I feel like this is just, the statistics show that the people who contract HIV a lot of times obviously are drug users, people who have unprotected sex, but then people who fall into this category of, category of being in monogamous relationships, but their partner strays, and then mm. because they feel c- c- secure in their relationship, they're like having unprotected sex, right? And they contract the virus by unknowingly getting it from their partner who's been out. Yeah, I just knew it was like hard on the liver. And, like, long-term, we don't have, like, studies yet, so to speak, yeah. so... Well, here's the two things with that. It is hard on the liver, so you have to get blood work done prior to yeah. getting on the drug. Well, but that's then... why I thought the new 2.0 thing came out, is because it's supposed to be better for your liver. That's oh, why I, I mean, they, they might have changed yeah. it. I don't yeah. know. But um, every three months, I get blood work done, because okay. you have to, in order yeah. to get a new prescription. And they monitor your liver things and stuff. And I actually prefer it, because not only do they check your liver and all that to make sure that you're still okay to be on the medication... But on top of that, they do. You're um, getting tested, you're getting for, tested everything. for everything. Yeah. So you get tested for HIV, gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, um, herpes, all of that, because you do a urine sample. So it's like, I mean, I wish I was having sex to like <laughs> get the benefits of that monthly testing. But yeah. Um, yeah, like, you know, like when you get your test results back, you're always nervous. I'm like, bitch, I wish I would have something, because that means I got something. But, bitch, what am I going to do? My right hand can't give me herpes. <laughs> All right, so speaking of prep, this week we're going to talk about authenticity. What does that have to do with prep? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I don't know how else to segue. <laughs> well, how about authenticity in the words of my therapist of expanding, learning, growing, growing. for my own personal health? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so. Mind you, I just farted and it smells so... Wait, did you hear me bad. fart? Yeah, I heard you fart, and oh. I farted right before. But, like, <laughs> you know, like, when it comes out of your butt, it's, like, warm. You oh, know yeah. those are, like, oh, bad. Yeah. 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 I had Taco Bell last night, and I feel like they <gasps> didn't really do a really good job at cooking the food. Oh. Uh, but I had two chicken chalupas, and it definitely smells like... They got rid of one of my favorite items there. What was it? A double-decker. It's literally two tacos in one. Oh, with cheese in the middle? No, that's, like, a gordita. I think because they still have that on the menu. This was like a it was like a soft shell with beans and then a hard shell and then the meat and cheese and well, lettuce and all that. Um, a, which like they still have all the ingredients to make it, so I don't understand why they took it off the menu. Yeah, <laughs> my roommate Brandon. Hey Brandon, he listens to this sometimes, but he used to love the um the chicken chalupa. Oh yeah. Not not what I just got. The chicken chalupa, like, is the normal. But the there's chicken on the outside of the oh, chalupa. the shell is the chicken. The shell is chicken. Yes. I was yeah. like, the fuck? That's some fat-ass shit right there. That <laughs> That's like the nasty. double down from KFC. Exactly that. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Now, enough with being off topic. Um, I'll just try to We're keep my farts authentic contained. We're just being like, authentically ourselves. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, okay, so speaking of authenticity uh-huh what creates authenticity in your mind okay well what first, creates an authentic person okay i guess this kind of goes into to like what my definition of authenticity is but yeah. 
Um, I feel like what creates an authentic person is being truly yourself in every situation that you are in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like bringing your best self forward, not changing who you are because of the people, excuse me, you're around or anything like that. Because like, I feel like when I was younger, I was not authentic because I was scared to be like outed. But then now I'm like, shut the fuck up. If someone's like, bag it up, like, let me prove it. (laughs) Show me your dick, bitch. You know, like being authentically a creep. (laughs) (laughs) An authentic slut. Yeah. What about you? Um... uh... I don't know because I don't feel like I fit in that. I agree with what you just said. Uh I don't think that I fit with what you just said. You don't think you're authentic? Um, I think that I'm authentic depending on the situation that I'm in. Sure. And I think I don't feel like I'm um, being fake when I'm with different people. I just feel like I feel like I'm reacting more to a situation than I am living in it, if that makes sense. Mm. So I'm feeding a lot off of like their energies and my experiences with those people in the past, um, where I want those experiences to go in the future. And that varies with everybody in my life. And I've always found myself molding myself more to those situations than holding one true self within all of those. Mm. And again, that doesn't mean that I'm like, I mean, yeah, there's people that I'm like fake around or not even fake, but I guess uh, not as responsive with because I just don't care to be with those people. Yeah. But when I'm with like different groups of friends, right? Um, like I remember one time Edward was like, I've never seen you like that. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, I've just never seen that side of you. Mm. He's like, it's a side that very clearly exists, mm-hmm. but... I've just never seen you with those friends before. So Mm. it was a new experience for me. Um, And we talked a little bit about that. And he's like, I don't, again, I don't feel like you were not being yourself around them. I just think you were being a different version of yourself around them. Yeah. Um, Do you feel like I'm the same me in every situation? Every situation. I would agree. Yeah. (laughs) I only say that because I feel feel like like most of my friends are. Yeah. Well, mm, well, I don't know about your friends, but my friends, I don't think everyone is. Mm. But I think the ones that are closest to me typically are. Not saying that everyone that is close to me is, but I feel yeah. like that's usually what I gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. Like, even if I don't like everything about you, as long as you stay true to who you are and, like, own up to what you are giving out, I'm like, yeah, I don't care. You know, like, like for instance, if you're a, ba- a, f- a flake, I hate that. Yeah. I hate people who are flakes. But if you know you're flaky and then you're like, yeah, let me do it. Like, yeah, let's go to the movies ne- next week. And I'm like, bitch, you're not going to go to the movies. And they're like, you know what? You're right. I probably won't. But you know me. So let yeah. me just play my, you know, fantasy. But I respect that. And that yeah. doesn't irritate me. But I don't like when someone puts that on, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, let's do it next week. And then I, like, get upset that they did that. And then I'm like, you're flaky. And they get upset that I call them flaky. I'm like, bitch, live into your truth. Yeah. And I will respect you. But don't sit here and act like I'm dumb, like, for feeling that you're flaky when literally if you just read the script the flake happened right. you know um but i agree i feel like i'm pretty authentic in every situation mm-hmm. to a fault sometimes because i feel like even when you have like like my flight attendant friends to my disney friends to like my college friends everyone yeah. would know the same brian do you know yeah. what i mean yeah and like everyone would bond Mm-hmm. knowing if they, like if they liked me and wanted to invest in me i feel like they would like each other too because like yeah. if you could put up with me you probably like similar <laughs> things you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> yeah i agree with that yeah um i don't see like thinking about those groups of friends in my life i'm like 
when I bring them together, I, I kind of like sit back and I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go. I, I would agree. Because sometimes when I'm around like your friends, I'm like, I don't want to be around your friends. Yeah. <laughs> but not because like I don't like them, but I just feel like that's the side of Shane that it probably is dabbling more into that. And I'm like, I don't want to be a part of that. Not uh-huh. saying I don't want to be a part of that part of you. Yeah. But like, um, I'm trying to But I guess that fits into like what I always say about like my tribe of closest friends. Sure. Where I go to different people for different needs. Yeah. And like, I think that I surround myself with people for different times in my life. Right. Of course I have like those staple people who I can go to in pretty much any situation. It's not like uh, I shut off relationships when I don't feel like I need them. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like, yeah, those people are different because I'm going to need them differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have the same same kind of equation. Yeah. Yeah. But I also would go like, I would go to Kenosha for certain things that I wouldn't go to Kyle for. But I would also go to Kyle for certain things I wouldn't go to Kenosha for. Right. And likewise with you. Like, I would go to you for more social situations than I would with Kyle because Kyle don't know shit like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, I don't know that I would have been friends with Kyle and Kenosha if it weren't for you. True. But I don't think... But that doesn't take away from my friendship with those two people. Right. Because I was going to say, I don't think it'd be weird for you to hang out with Kyle by yourself. or No. No, 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 no. But I feel like it'd be weird for me to hang out with, like, Edward by myself. I don't... Uh... I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so either because I but know I, think that I, I, I wouldn't care. Do you yeah. get what I'm saying? Like I could be around anyone because I'm like, oh, you don't like yeah. me. I don't care. But, but I think that that calms me because I'm like, oh, okay, they get along. So like it like uh, not justifies, but it solidifies that I'm like surrounding myself with at least good people. Sure. If they can all get along. Get along, yeah. yeah. Um, but the other thing with authenticity is like we've talked about this before, self-identity. And I think that you need a really strong sense of Mm self-identity in order to be authentic. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I've found that in my life. I have found different, uh, uh, I have found different components of my self-identity. And I, there's, especially recently have been a lot of pieces of myself that I'm embracing and, and learning to, um, find the best in but i think it's taken me a long time to get here Mm. yeah so maybe that's where that comes from for me Mm -hmm. you know is like a lack of self-identity to where again i'm still being authentic but it's maybe a different version of authentic that than if i were like solely 100 percent certain who i am because i feel like you're very certain of who you are I would agree. I feel like part, the difference between the two of us is, I don't think I'm more authentic than you or vice versa, but I just think that you are more changed with what's going on in your life Mm -hmm. rather than like stepping outside of what is currently going on to be like, how, how would I react if this wasn't the case? You know what I mean? Yeah. But I feel like, um, you tend to see a situation, not that it's always like this exact mental thought process, but it's like. What I'm going through is the most important thing in mm-hmm. my life and nothing's going to change, you know? Yeah. When me, it's like, I feel like this is just a side note to everything else that's happening. Yeah. So I'm like, it doesn't affect me as much. Well, as because I, I hate change. Right. I've learned that about myself. I hate it so much. I I cannot embrace it. Eventually I do, mm-hmm. but it takes me a really long time to like be okay with yeah. it. Yeah. So when change starts to happen, I focus and hone in so much on that change or whatever's happening around me that, yeah, everything else I just kind of put on hold. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
what do you think breaks or changes authenticity? For me personally or in general? Uh, in general or for you personally. Like um, I know for me, it's exactly what we just said. And that's what I was going to say. I think it's that goes changed. for more, mostly everyone is change. Um, yeah. Depending on what's happening in your situation, depending on who you're surrounding yourself with. Um, I think it'd be the pillars of life, like relationships, finances, yeah, um, health, yeah, like those things. When when these big life events happen, you're. I don't know that you necessarily lose authenticity, but I think that your self identity starts to change, mm-hmm. and so you maybe start to question who you are Mm -hmm. in different aspects Mm -hmm. and realms of your Mm -hmm. life. Yeah. I feel like with me, what stays consistent is like my fundamental idea of moral code Mm. or like my moral idea, right? Like to say I like cheerleading is a subsect, right? But to say I'm compassionate, that's like a foundational embodiment. Mm -hmm. So that's why I feel like I'm consistent in those things. Like no matter what, I always try to be a compassionate person. Right. Um, yes, I can be mean, but I feel like it comes from a place of caring. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or, I don't think it's you being mean. It's your delivery. But that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, like if you take away the um, the vehicle as, at which the message is sent, the message you can relate to, but just how you're feeling about how it was said and things like that mm-hmm. is the problem. But I know that, but I don't care because I don't buy into that, you know? That's almost like a... I mean... I'm always so cautious saying things like this, but like having worked with people who are diagnosed autistic or Asperger's, that's kind of what that reminds me of a yeah. little bit is like, they don't, they say the truth. They just don't filter it for you yeah. so that it doesn't hurt you essentially, yeah. you know, cause the truth can hurt sometimes. Um, that's kind of how you react to those scenarios. I right. feel like right. you just don't filter it. There are times where I've come to you and I, you can tell that I like really need you in that moment and you can kind of manipulate how you convey what you want to say to, to just be a little more like uh, caring. Yeah. Cautious. Um, Yeah. But I think that's years of running into the problem of getting friends upset. Um, like more upset than I intended where I was like Mm -hmm. apologizing more than I thought I needed to, but willingly was, you know? Yeah. Um, but with that, like, I feel like my authenticity doesn't change with that because I feel like those are the things that stay consistent of how I see myself, right? Like, compassionate or my self-identity. Like, I, I, I really, like, another strong self-identity that I see is resilience, right? Mm-hmm. So that's something I always fall back to, especially when I feel like I'm being challenged in life. Right. And, like, like say someone is saying, like, the first thing that comes to mind, I don't know if this is a good example, but like if, if I was like upset with my dating life and someone was like, Brian, you're ugly, you're getting old, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I could start taking that on as my self-identity of being like, I'm not a cute person. I'm ugly, yeah. blah, blah. But then I feel like my resilient mind where I feel like that's what I hold on to is like, let's re- go back to my resilience. What? Why is this important to me? Why is this like yeah. not important to me? How strong? How am I going to get through it? This is why I say it probably is not a good example because it's so, like, fickle. But, like, I I base my authenticity on things that I would want to run away with in every situation where it has never failed me, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, always being compassionate has never failed me. Always being a thinker has never failed me. Always being resilient has never failed me. So I think with the question that you asked is, like, does your authentic- authenticity break or change? I would, for myself, say no because I, like, really 
root myself into ideas that if the world ended and I was like left with nothing, would people still see me in those situations? And that's like my driving force to every situation or interaction or like um, relationship. But I feel like when you buy into things that are like surface level, like, oh, I want to seem cool mm-hmm. and want to seem liked as an authentic thing, you're probably going to not be liked by a, a lot of people because what someone might attribute as to what a likable person does, you're not giving off. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But then if you're like staying true to who you are, like being that compassionate, resilient person and someone doesn't like that, then that's not an energy I need in my life. So that's why it's okay for me. But it's also the same thing as what I say in the reverse where I respect people like that because like if you are a flake, you know you're a flake and that's something that you're like, I am sorry. Like Mm -hmm. that just feels better for me. I can respect you because I'm like, thank you for being transparent, you know, like that autistic Asperger thing where it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Yeah, it might not be comfortable, but I like that I know where I'm yeah. at with you because I'm like, that's authentic, authentically you. Will that change because you don't want to seem as a flake anymore? Maybe, but if that's not what you're trying to do as like your motivation, I'm fine with that. Yeah. As long as you know what you're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what I try to give off. Hmm. Yeah. Um, what do you think has shaped your authenticity? Struggle. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I when I think of you, though, the only time that I this is a very um, one end of the spectrum. I'm not saying that this is like your truth. Mm-hmm. I feel like your biggest struggle was coming out. Um, I don't know if it was my biggest struggle as it was like one of those struggles that shaped who I was the most. Yeah. Um. I guess, yeah, that's probably the... Maybe that's just my way of, like, having coped with it over the years, so it doesn't sound as big as it is, Mm -hmm. but yeah, maybe. Because when I think of, like, what I know of you, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't... I feel like you've, like, led a really great life. That's not... But, see, I struggle in saying that because I don't want that to seem like you've had everything given to you. That's not what I'm saying. Right. I'm saying, like, when I think back to the stories that I've heard of you, like, growing up, I'm like, Brian became the cool kid because he embraced, like, being a cheerleader. Right. And Brian got to, like, travel the world. And Brian graduated college twice and almost went back a third time. Like, you have really great storylines. The one that doesn't fit with the rest is your coming out story. Mm. And that's why I say that as an observation of you because it's just the one that sticks out as what you like if that was plucked out i would seem like i had like a perfect storyline yeah like very consistent like i know exactly who you are where you're coming from yeah i think i think there's been more struggle than that so i feel like Uh and this is not saying that what you're saying is wrong i I understand that i feel like it's not fair to my life to say that that is like the only struggle i've had because like i i if i could think back to other things like breaking my leg was a really big Mm -hmm. struggle even though it seems so silly because so many people break bones but like to my psyche, it was, like, a big deal, yeah. you know? Um, and just, like, relationship-wise with people, like, that's been a big struggle for me. But I think that's an offshoot of, of coming that, out. Yeah. So I guess, yes, with that said, like, clearly it's tying into that. So it's, like, a ripple effect. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean... It, that's yeah. why I say it's the biggest, though, yeah. that I think of when I think of you. Because I'm, like... Like, I struggle every other month. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... <laughs> You're pretty, you're like on pretty solid ground. But you know what? Or I, I know, I, I know that I can come to you because you're, sure. you're, you're founded and rooted in sure. stability. Well, I think also it's like I had a, over the years I've had to, uh, 
I had to look at who I was as a person, as my self-image and my authenticity, and I had to make a big distinction between what was given to me and what I felt was true, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I started believing these myths, and that's what was, like, not healthy for me. Like, the myth that, like, gay people can't be happy. Right. That gay people can't have, like, a full life. That if you were a cheerleader, you wouldn't be cool. Mm -hmm. Or if you're black, you can't be successful. Or if you're Asian, you're going to be different. Yeah. And, like... I've never felt those myths as true, but because those are the things that have been told to me, I'm like, oh my God, like, I, 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 I shouldn't do cheerleading because I'll be like, looked as the stupid kid or, um, you know, why even go to school or the opposite of like, you need to go to school because mm-hmm. you're black and you want to seem successful. You know, it could buy, it could be like either way of like either a push, a catapult or a catalyst into quote unquote success or something that kind of deters you from that. But regardless, like... I had to make a distinction of like, kind of like what I had with my therapist is like, well, what does it mean for me? Yeah. Right? Like, do do I feel stupid because I'm black? No. Do I feel different because I'm Asian? No. Do I feel uncool because I'm a cheerleader? No. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I feel like what made it cool for me was that there was that natural passion of like wanting to live life in whatever direction that is. And I feel like whatever that energy is, I gravitate towards it. And I feel like the opportunities that have been given to me in my life is because I was like falling into that. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, I mean, that just goes back to the resilience that you talked about though. Right. But again, like that wasn't something that I felt like I just was inherently given. It was like a learned thing, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I had to sit with my thought for a long time and think like, okay, what is inherently me and what is what was told to me by religion, by gender, by sexuality by economic status you know and when you start when you realize like none of what has been given to you is fact you really have like an endless idea of like anywhere to go and that's where like for you sometimes like say like a relationship ends or anything going through it does feel like the world is ending but i feel like i've been through something like this before and i've made it to the other side Uh and when you look at the grand scheme of like your timeline those little those big impactful moments are going to be little blips, right? It's mm-hmm. not going to be the extension of your life. Right. It might change the course of your life, but I think making a right turn opposed to a left turn, getting to the same destination destination would change that course. Do right. you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, I feel like because I've gone through so many changes, it's like easy for me to realize like I can be who I am through all those changes because mm-hmm. that's the only thing that I have control over, you know? Yeah. And I, I like... Um, I don't want to say that I'm giving you advice because I don't think my way is any better than your way of living. So that's not where I'm going. But I think that's the the, the, the difference is because like if you embrace change, because mm-hmm. you know, like you say, you struggle with yeah. it. At least for me, it's been one of those things of like, well, why am I scared of change? Like, mm-hmm. do I, am I scared that like, I'm not going to be successful in this change? But then if you're not, it's like, well, have you not been successful before in change? And I'm at knowing you're as a friend, I'm like, you have been. So like, yeah, why are you worried? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like trusting your instinct. Yeah, I get that. Why are you smiling? Because every time I nod my head, this chair squeaks. And get it's it out from under the table. <laughs> but in my head, I just keep thinking of like you just being blurred out over like. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I understand that. Mm-hmm. I I think that that is a concept that I've become. <clears throat> more aware of recently is mm-hmm. a lot of things at this point in my life I'm old enough to feel like an adult but I'm young enough to to compare 
being an adult to being like a 50 year old adult or a 70 year old adult, you know, and I'm still very young in that sense. But in knowing that I have embraced that even at 30, I've gone through a lot of the situations that I'm still encountering. Mm. And I would say like, maybe after months of like crying and depression, I've like gotten through it and I've become more confident in those facets of my life. Um, so I've been able to take them on a little more calmly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or I at least know like what works for me in dealing with them. Right. Yeah. Coping like it's mechanisms. like, like what I was saying earlier, I feel like you're becoming more of the person of being like, yeah, that is me. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I am flaky, but you got to accept it. If you yeah. want to be my friend, if not, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But I think when you start accepting those attributes about yourself, you realize you're naturally going to be gifted with things that reaffirm that you're okay. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Or, and you're going to start being surrounded by people that like want to be there to support you because of that. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why I fall so much into my, uh, my sense of self identity as being rooted within my, my tribe or my closest group of friends is because that is one place in my life where I feel like I've succeeded really well Mm -hmm. and I'm very confident and very secure in the people that I surround myself with most closely speaking Mm -hmm. um so I know that even when I crumble at times that foundation is still beneath me right but even with that said I want to challenge you and be like you need to find that tribe within yourself for sure you know what I mean yeah because like it's like that same thing of like, you're never going to be happy until you're happy with yourself. And yeah. like, yes, you can call on those resources in times of need. But like, I think that's partly why like it was such a struggle for you in New York is because you realize that all that happiness was coming from outside sources. Mm-hmm. And now that in New York, you had none of those sources, you were like, yeah. where the fuck am I? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, luckily you are resilient. So you can like snap yourself out of that it took Mm -hmm. a little bit but you realize like oh let me create what i needed in this moment here in new york but you should have that internally so that Mm -hmm. or at least the wherewithal to know what's going on so there's not that like crazy episode of like (gasps) my life is ending yeah yeah you just solidified my tattoo idea so thank you what is it I can't like talk. It's going to be too long. Okay. Well, we'll talk about it after we are done recording this and going to dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so this last question, I'm going to pose a little differently. If you were to look at your younger self, child, Brian, Mm -hmm. and that younger Brian asked how to become more authentic or how to grow into an authentic person, what would your advice be? Hmm. I I think I would tell my younger Brian um, to be prepared because hmm. everything you're questioning, you need to question. Everything you're feeling that's like unsettled, like really fall into that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that once I started questioning why I didn't feel like I was okay. That's when I started becoming okay. Because mm. um, it, it's easy for you to go along with what's popular. Because, yeah. like, I think naturally we have this sense of like wanting to be a part of a community, mm-hmm. you know, as humans. Um, so it's easy for us to like 
change who we are for the situation that we're in. Um, and I feel like growing up, I was always in situations that didn't feel authentically me. And having the background that I do with being so like multi- multiculturally diverse, having lived around being an American, but not, right. you know, living in Germany, living in Korea, like every situation I got put into, I've had to question mm-hmm. my own beliefs. And I would tell myself that like, you're going to question everything and it's going to be so frustrating because you're going to feel so isolated in that. Yeah. But because you have so much time by yourself in your head, you're really going to be able to decide who you are and you learn a lot about yourself and there's going to be a lot of pain through that journey um a lot of heartache a lot of decision making that is not easy but in the end as of a 30 year old it seems like you made it to the right place you need to be Mm -hmm. and don't stop searching because you know internally like it's not over yeah yeah what about you um i actually really like the the way that you phrased all of that because my advice to my younger self would be to question everything that you don't feel like you need to question. Yeah. I growing up fit the mold of everything that was common or mainstream or uh, privileged. Mm. And I think that that cult helped to cultivate my lack of self of sense of self identity. Mm. Um, I wore what was popular and cool because my family had the means to give it to me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't question wearing anything else because I could just easily have what everybody else wanted. Right. Um, And so to like, when I look at myself now in the mirror, I sometimes think, what would I look like in this? What would I physically look like in this persona? You know, like um, I, <laughs> I was I just made a memoji for like the new Apple mm-hmm. update, mm-hmm. and like all of the different things that you can add to your self reflection or like animated self. I was like, what would I look like with a nose ring? But I never questioned getting a nose ring because the people who I thought I looked like or I thought I should want to look like didn't have one. So like, why would I get one? Right. But what if I wanted one? You know, I just never questioned that. Right. Um, And those, these are all very like materialistic on the surface level things. But like, if I went deeper and thought like, you know, I mean, that's what eventually enabled me to come out Mm -hmm. was me questioning even at 18, like, do you want to get married to a woman and have kids and be the sole provider of your family? Cause that was what was typical from where I grew up. Mm -hmm. You know, the, you were like the man of the house and Mm -hmm. you did everything. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't want to want to be that. And I knew that from a young age, I was like, that's not for me. You know, even the way that my dad used to phrase like shoveling is for the boys, not the girls. And I'm like, in my head, I was like, that doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. I did it. But I was like, but I wouldn't ever raise a kid like that. Right. You know? Um, so it's it's more so for me questioning the things that I wouldn't really have a reason to question. Mm-hmm. Almost as like a fuck you to society. Mm-hmm. Be a little more rebellious and um, a little more open-minded to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's the most important thing is like being open to the idea that there's something else out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got to that that conclusion quickly, like I said, because I didn't really fit into anything that was already out there. And yeah. like I didn't. But think like at your school in Germany. I would have blended in with the hundreds of people that you yeah, went to school with. Yeah. You didn't blend in. So yeah. like that's where our two mindsets split. Right. Is like I just could easily go to school and come home and like function like anybody else in that school. You stood out not only because you were a cheerleader, but because you were black and Korean and you right. know. But even with my standing out, like my brother fit in more than me, yet we came from the same background. Do you right. know what I mean? Like we should have had a similar experience. Experience, but yeah. we didn't, you yeah. know? Um because, like, when we first started, he had the easy experience and I had the tough one where I was getting bullied and he was, like, the cool ethnic-looking jock. And uh-huh. a lot of people didn't realize we were related until later. Uh-huh. And then I made my storyline the cool ethnic jock because I was like, well, I'm, I need to prove something. Right. The younger self trying to fit in. It's like, mm-hmm. I need to prove something. But I don't think it was a, in proof of, like, you guys need to know I'm worth something, but I needed to know I was worth something. So mm-hmm. I was like, Brian, you just keep your head down and keep going until you make yourself worth something, you know? Yeah. Um, which kind of has given me, I think that prove yourself, Brian, has <laughs> clearly led into my yeah. like adult life. Here I am trying to sign up for a degree I don't even want. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, I think that is a, a great gift. And this is why I say like to my younger self, I'm like embrace questioning everything because mm-hmm. You get insight when you're the outcast. Yeah. Like, you know how to act to be a part of the culture, and you also know what to do to not be a part of the culture, to stand out, to be different, to make waves, to be that person that's like, who is he? You yeah. Know? I also think another word that comes to mind when I think of, like, what I wish I could have known or embraced better growing up mm-hmm. is the word unapologetic. mm I almost felt like I had to, like, be sorry for certain things. Yeah. Because it was different. Yeah. You know? But if I... If I just knew that being an openly gay man my whole life, unapologetically, meant that I could be somebody so self-empowered as an adult. Yeah. Regardless of how I felt growing up. You know, but that's only something that you you learn with on time hindsight. Yeah, because you think experience. about it, like I thought, like now I'm like, why didn't I come out before? But like it was so scary to be mm-hmm. called gay. But then now when someone's like, oh, you're gay, I'm like, yeah, like it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and like the worst thing they can call you, you are right. Mm-hmm. It's like you fucking faggot. I'm like, mm-hmm. I am a fucking faggot. <laughs> like yeah. that's me. I put that on my business card. Yeah, like Brian Weaver, fucking faggot. <laughs> And then I go down to my resume. But you know what I mean? It's like, you take away the power of being like, okay, call me something else. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, if they were, like, attacking my character, I'd probably say something different. But, like, be smarter than that. You know what I mean? It's like, you stupid black nigga. It's like, yeah, I am a black nigga. Maybe I'm stupid. I don't know. I don't know everything, you know? Yeah. It's like, I'm not a very good surfer. So, like, yeah, I could be stupid when it comes to surfing. But I know a lot about, like... How to suck dick. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, if yeah. you if you measure a fish on how he can climb a tree, the fish mm. is always going to think he's stupid. Oh, my God. Uh, I saw the coolest thing on CoStar. What's CoStar? Uh, it's basically like an astrology-based okay. app. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So you have to put in, like, the exact minute you were born. It's and like it tells the pattern, you, yeah. Yeah. It tells you, like, your, um, your moon and your rising and all that. Well, every day it sends you 
like uh update like, of like what's yeah going like on. a daily update yeah. kind of thing fuck and i can't find it now i like don't know how to find it but basically it said um it was a reminder that trees warn one another through an underground fungal system mm. and that's all it said and i was like hmm it was like it Wait, was why did you say that huh <laughs> why did you bring that up uh oh fuck i forgot there was a reason that i brought well it up. i said it fish you said all right oh if- fish tree yeah i just thought of trees oh <laughs> <laughs> i thought there's gonna be some deep thing and then you're like yeah cool yeah trees that talk. was it <laughs> Stupid. No, but I had no idea. Like, how cool is that? Yeah, cool. Yeah. Cool when it's but in also, context. Okay, I'll apply it to us. <laughs> Damn. Think of, like, in a social scenario where, like, you and I are picking up on, like, something that's not good. That the average person wouldn't pick up on that. But we only pick up on it because we're gay. Got it. We know how to communicate with one another. Yes. But that's, like, an that's a learned, shared experience. Right. That we learn how to communicate without having to speak about it. Being black is the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Like two well, black no, people in a but well, but I, I know, you know what you're saying. saying. Yeah, yeah, like two black people in a situation. They just he, let me even draw it out further. Two flight attendants. Mm-hmm. When we're working the cart together and someone's <laughs> yes. acting fucking stupid, we can say a fucking thesis on why this motherfucker is irritating just yeah. by looking at each other across the cart. Yeah, literally. I, like I'll stop what I'm doing and just look at Shane and just be like stare at him for two <laughs> seconds and then be like, "Got it." Uh-huh. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's it's the same kind of coded thing that like best yeah. friends have where you're out in public and someone does some dumb shit and you just look mm-hmm. at each other and you're like mm, girl <laughs> but you have to be self-aware and authentic with yourself in order <laughs> to call that out and communicate that like the trees sure so. sure yeah oh. that's a reach but <laughs> but i agree i feel like when you are authentically self but then also like aware of how you are different but how you are like mm-hmm. um you are hyper aware of societal things and like I think it does make you more compassionate too. At least me. That's my storyline. Yeah. Is because I'm like, wow. Like when someone gets upset with like gay people or something, I'm like, man, I used to be upset being gay. I get that struggle. That's mm-hmm. a hard burden to wear. And I'm like, and yeah. I, it dealt with me. So I'm like, I that seems crazy that you're angry <laughs> about someone else's life experience when you're not even gay. But I'm like, I get that struggle. So I'm mm-hmm. sad. Like I, I feel for you, boo. That yeah. like you're you're you feel you know emotionally tied to that like it sucks i know what that's like so like hopefully you make it through on the other side Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) yeah into in season though i wanted to just like say one more thing about authenticity just advice to people who are listening if you feel like you need to question something you probably do follow your gut literally follow your your gut gut. Yeah. yeah um i feel like a good determining factor for me is like if i'm uncomfortable that's a good place to mm-hmm. start you know what I mean? Because it's like, why Why am I uncomfortable, you yeah. know? And I think about all the times where I'm like, was like anxious or apprehensive about doing something. But then I look at it on the other side when I went through it. I'm like, oh my God, why was I like questioning that? It's like the same thing as like authenticity and self-image for me. It's like, why does that make me uncomfortable? 
am I buying into that because that's who I believe I am? Or am I buying right. into that as a myth? And if it is who you believe you are, then that's a starting point to change. Mm-hmm. Um, it's If it's a myth, you easily can like de- deconstruct that and be like, oh, that's not even something that I need to like worry about. But regardless, right. you end up on a more authentic path. That's good. Um, but yeah, as we paused there, I wanted to throw that out there because I feel like that was pretty important to say. Um, I'm going to let you start this in season. So what, what's been in season for you this week? All things fall. Fall? I love it. I love it. New York's getting chilly and rainy. And I want to like sit at home and listen to coffee shop music and literally stare out the window. I did that a week a week ago. I literally stared out my window for like three hours. What makes white people so into fall? I love it. It's, it's, it's almost like permission I guess you could say to be lazy. (laughs) That's what I was going to say was like, I guess it's permission to be lazy or to, to be an introvert Mm. where nobody, at least like when I think of New York city, like in the winter, nobody wants to leave their houses. Yeah. Even to hang out with one another. Like you just don't want to get outside or get ready to go outside. And I think that that's kind of the start of fall where like, you're not yet in the holidays. So it's not like you should be out like doing things with people and if it's raining and you just want to, like, order food and watch TV all day, like, it's just okay to do that. Yeah. Um, and there's something about the feel of it where, like, the air actually does change. Like, it's suddenly a little, like, crisper and cleaner almost. It does feel cleaner, I would agree. Yeah. Um, fashion starts to change and I think that, like, I can fully embrace my super introverted music that I love listening to <laughs> where like in the summer that doesn't feel so fitting but in the fall I'm like oh, I could just like literally put in my headphones and listen to very melodic music and feel at peace and comfortable it's funny I got two things to add to that um f- well now I forgot well one this is I, I don't know what the second thing is but um <laughs> when you said music I always make music playlists based on the seasons so mm-hmm. I have reminds me of summer songs and yeah. I'll like put them in my summer playlist when um, like just in case summer and for where oddly enough what I envision myself doing is skateboarding on the boardwalk in Long Beach mm. or riding my bike outside yeah. those are the songs that I'm like oh that would be fun to listen to yeah that's my summer vibe for my fall vibe I have fall melodies it's a whole playlist of like um, almost like back to school hits <laughs> but, okay but not like back to school hits like um, like like not like popular shit but like back like to old sc- school stuff no it's like if i played it to you played it for you you literally wouldn't think of school at all okay <laughs> but all i all i think about is like think about a painting this is what i envision when i like add this playlist i don't know why i said back to school because it's gonna sound like nothing like back to school <laughs> but think of a painting the the paint isn't dry yet but you just take your hands and smear it down oh my god and the music feels that like, is fall to me yeah the music i don't want to say like the music sounds like it's falling because that's too literal but it feels just kind of like yeah there's heavier. this like almost like a weighted blanket where you just feel like comfortable in it yes um yeah. oh that's what i was gonna say i like fall for two things one because it's spooky i love some spooky shit um halloween's coming up so i'm like lit for that shit but then two um i get really hot when i sleep and it feels so good Uh to sleep in fall because like you don't have to fucking put any ac yeah i took out my ac unit and i've just had my window cracked and it's it's perfect yeah like i because i do have a very heavy down comforter um that through the rest of the year like 
I have to have my AC on blast and it's next to my bed in order to sleep under it. See, no. um, but in the fall, like just with my window cracked, it just feels no, so No, your good. bed is too fucking hot. I love it. I only sleep with a top sheet year round. I don't have a comforter I tried doing that the other night and I couldn't fall asleep. And the second I put my comforter on, I fall asleep. Because if I get cold, I'll probably put on a hoodie just to cover my head mm. as I sleep with the top sheet, but I don't. I know. I used to hate how cold your fucking room, that second <laughs> living room that you lived in in Bacaro before I lived there. Loved it. You used to love just a cute little... Freezing. Nappy nap blanket. Yep. And... Little napkin. N- paper towel. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm under like three comforters and yeah. I'm freezing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for me for fall. <laughs> well, what's your in season? It is. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting there, but oh. as far as like... Oh, when you said it is, I was like, oh, you do love fall. No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. So my in-season um, this week, I'm taking a page out of your book, and it's something on Netflix. Mm. Um, I've brought this up previously, this series on one of my previous in-seasons, but um, it's this series called Explained, yes. and they take random um, cultural th- relevant things like um, K-pop mm-hmm. or um, uh, DNA testing or whatever, and they'll explain where it came from. Political correctness was an episode, whatever. Okay. They just came out with season two, and this new one they're coming out with weekly episodes. So uh, I think it's going to be a continual thing. Yeah. And um, one of the episodes they came out with, which I was actually watching right before I came here, um, not this episode, but the series yeah. is um, explain cults. So they they explain cults. cults yeah. Okay. They explain cults. C U L T S, and they explain like the. Um, this, the research behind what creates a cult and like when cults are created and why they are created and it's crazy to me because there was instantly to me a huge comparison to religion like mm. instantly yeah. where honestly a cult and religion are synonymous and this yeah. is not just me saying this like I think if you were to watch it you would realize it's completely synonymous it's just like one gets defined as a good thing and one mm-hmm. gets designed defined as a bad thing yeah. you know um, because realistically some of the, the key aspects was that like a cult follows like a leader that they kind of worship mm-hmm. right usually it's a person that like saves you almost like um, like a lot of like self help people like right. Eckhart Tolle, like TED Talk people, yeah. like they have a quote unquote cult following because people like get a message from them where they're like, wow, you were life changing, almost mm-hmm. like a Jesus figure. Lady Gaga. Honestly. Yeah. And um, usually people who follow these figures are people who have gone through something traumatic mm-hmm. in the, the recent thing where they need to find a place to go. Right. You know, a place to come out of depression. And then on top of that, um, there's like this serendipitous moment where you're like walking down the street sad. You're like, man, I just wish someone was there. And you look over, there's a flyer that's like, come to this meeting. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're feeling lonely, da da da. And then you go and then you start like feeling like, wow, this is where I belong. Yeah. You know? And it's crazy to me because like, there's so many parallels between the two because, um, ultimately like, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like their 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 religions like worship a leader, whether it's a preacher or Jesus itself or God right. or you know some sort of like religious figure. And then usually people who fall into religion are always like lost, quote unquote, souls. You yeah. know what I mean? Where it's like I need a place to go. I need. Yeah. And so I sent it to my dad, 
Mm. I think my brother mentioned watching it because he listens to the podcast and he, we were talking about religion. Um, but I've, I I knew what he was talking about because I watched the series, but I didn't get a chance to watch it. And then I watched it and I was like, I texted him. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then I sent it to my dad and my dad was like, wait, what is it? And previously, just last week, me and him went to dinner or mm. lunch in San Diego and we caught up um, and it was actually like a really good conversation, but we talked yeah. about religion. So I was like, oh, dad, you got to watch this. Like, yeah. I think you'll get a lot from it and long story short my dad i think is kind of like leaving religion oh wow. yeah that's he, huge huge he growing up was like really big into religion was like never forceful for us but like really wanted us to go that religious yeah. path and over the years i was talking about this to my brother too and he thinks that my dad is less religious because of me hmm. because i think he sees the hypocrisy of religion when it comes to me but then i asked my dad about it and he was saying also because my dad went through a cancer episode and he had prostate cancer and he was super super involved in the church but then when he was going through his personal journey no one was there for him Mm -hmm. and he thought that was like complete opposite of what the congregation was teaching so that was his moment to kind of like pull back away from the church but not to leave the church because you know there's that selfless idea of being a christian where it's like you shouldn't be doing things to get gifts from it and like there's that juxtaposition but he's also like well i want to be that good person but i just don't think this is the right community for me so he still is on a spiritual journey but Mm. just not a religious journey yeah and um him being like more open to like Honestly, getting out of the military and, like, not seeing the same repetitive messages thrown at him over and over. He's, like, second-guessing everything and his beliefs. And pretty much what we talked about, mm-hmm. my dad's becoming his more authentic self where he's realizing a lot of the stuff that he was told is not actually fact right. for him. He's questioning it. He's questioning it. Yeah. And it's cool to watch this journey for him because he's, like, more um, open and loving. And I see there's, like, a big growth. But um, I told him to watch this episode of Colts, and he was like, dude, this is amazing. And oh, I, good. Yeah, he loved it because it was like kind of – it kind of um, reflected what we were talking about in the conversation, what we had with religion. But mm. it's like really cool to watch my dad grow because I feel like he's becoming a better version of himself. And it's really refreshing because as a person of like wanting people to be authentic, it's cool to see someone's growth even at the age that he is where – I respected him as a one person, kind of yeah. lost that respect, but then now I'm like regaining the respect for him as this like new. Well, yeah, you're watching the idealist. work he's putting into. Yeah, it's it. great. Yeah. I love it. Um, really quickly, you brought up religion, and this kind of reminded me of a point that I saw on the View from mm-hmm. Whoopi Goldberg. It was um, the video that went viral of the policewoman Amber Geiger. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how to say her last name. G U Y. G-E-R. Uh-huh. Um, after she was sentenced to prison for shooting... A black man in his own... A black man in his own home. Just backstory real quick. A police officer went to an apartment that she thought was hers, shot and killed a black man. But she it was thought, his apartment. It was his apartment, she but thought she hers. thought it was hers, and she thought he was an intruder. So then yeah. the, the verdict was... She got sentenced to uh, 10 years in prison. Okay. And the video that went viral was of the victim's brother Uh hugging her at her sentencing and so many people turned on him and like sent him death threats and blah 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 because they were like how dare you hug this white woman when your black brother was killed because of her yeah and whoopi goldberg in the view said he was being a christian exactly and i was like whoa 
because how many people that jumped on him were religious exactly you know what i mean and that's that's the true definition of like forgiveness right which is one of the principles of religion is like forgiveness and um being repentful right you know because if her brother if his brother hung on to that that's now his burden to live Uh uh-huh but then you need to let that go. He saw her as a human exactly. in that moment. Um, which this like feels hard for me to talk about because I can't be like, oh yeah, he just saw her as a human. Because it's like, well, you're white and she's white and you don't understand. But me as a black man. But that's like, but the reason I bring up Whoopi Goldberg is because testament. she's exactly. a black woman. And exactly. she was like, he was being a Christian. That's what religion is supposed to teach you right. is how to be compassionate and empathetic for other right. people. Um does that justify what she did? No, no, not at all. But that's just saying, like, in a moment, um, she was hugged by the brother first because he has permission. Then the judge hugged her. And then one of the um, officers in the court came up and, like, fixed her hair. And they were it, like, of course, this white woman is, like, getting all this, like, I see love that message, and, sure. You know. But regardless, it's like, who's to say? It's not their it's not their storyline. Right. Do you know what I mean? If the brother who lost his fucking brother felt compelled yeah. to hug this woman, you should support him in that because right. that felt that's what felt right for the resources he well, had in this moment. Yeah, and then Trevor Noah on The Daily Show talked about how people shouldn't be saying that that's wrong. Yeah. They should be saying that that should be the standard for everybody who gets sentenced that way. You know, we're like, fine, do it with the white woman, but also do it with the black man. Yeah. You know, like it should just be that sort of empathy and love and compassion for everybody. Right. That's that's the point of prison, so to speak, is to reform people and to teach them. I mean, them. that is the point, but that's not what happens. No, 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 no. I mean? no, of course. But like, that's... it's like, you're bad, you're going in timeout, but then they're not learning anything. Right. It's like, yeah. no, you need to, like, rehabilitate it because clearly there was something in their life that took them down the wrong mm-hmm. path. Get them back on track. Yeah. Sorry, this is all much bigger than your end season, but it made me think of that. Now I that love was it. A, that was a big, like... Uh, point for me where I was like, I'm not into religion, but I respect that tie-in of religion right, in this right, instance, right. you know, because so many people are religious. Right. Yeah. Work. Cool. Well, what as was the always, show? Huh? What was the show called? The View? No. I know The View. Your Netflix show. Oh, Explained. Explained. The episode okay. I was talking about was cult, but just listen, watch the whole damn thing. They do so many things okay, that are cool. like where things come from. Yeah. Anyways. Um, as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we ask you to share, like, subscribe, rate, follow, um, all of the above. And if you are listening to this episode, just take a screenshot. And how about we do a theme this year? Or this, this year. year. <laughs> Let's do a theme this episode. If you're listening to this episode, how about you write a caption with the screenshot of, like, something that you took away with the episode hmm. or what makes you authentic? Okay. Yeah? I like that. Yeah, I like, like that. What, what do you take pride in that makes you feel authentic? Um, and then yeah, tag us, um, on Instagram at fruit snacks pod. Um, and that's where you can reach out to us if you have any questions and please follow us as follow us because we do post, um, Instagram stories and stuff like that on there. And we post questions that usually go into the episode. We haven't done it in a bit, but we do. Uh And then, um, you can also email us at fruit snacks pod at gmail.com. Um, if you have any other things to say that you want to be more private, private and have a um, profile and not attached to it. <laughs> yeah, like if you feel super authentic because of your dick size, send us that send in us a that DM. Dick pic. Yeah. yeah. Twice, just in case right. the first just one Just in case. <laughs> but as always, thank you guys so much for listening and we thank will catch you. you next week on Fruit Snacks. Bye-bye. 
All right, guys, so this week on Fruit Facts, we just have two facts to fact check. The first one being the price of PrEP, which is Truvada, which is the HIV uh, prevention drug made by Gilead. According to Healthline.com, it costs the average consumer $2,000 per month for a 30-day supply. So that, I think, breaks down to about, let me do the quick math. I want to say about $30 a month, but let me make sure. Um, oh no, $66 a pill, $66 a pill for a 30 day supply. Um, and then secondly, when Shane and I talked about Taco Bell, the double decker taco is a soft shell taco with beans, then a hard shell taco, and then the rest of the taco in it. So it has the two shells with beans in between. And then they came out with the cheesy double decker burrito or double decker taco, which has cheese and bean in between the two shells. And then we mentioned um, a chalupa made out of a chicken breast, a fried chicken breast. And that was the naked chicken chalupa, which is just a fried chicken breast that acts as the tortilla shell. And then they have the the um, condiments in the middle, like the shredded cheese, the lettuce, the sour cream and stuff like that. Sounds very fattening and unhealthy, but I am here to try it. <laughs> but as always, thank you guys so much for listening and we will catch you next week on Fruit Facts. Or excuse me. <laughs> oh man, Fruit Snacks. We'll catch you next week on Fruit Snacks. I'm not editing that out. <laughs>